Hello, everybody, and welcome to Joe's Common Sense Podcast. My name's Joe. This is the second installment in my podcast. And today we're going to be talking about Hollywood and its hypocrisy. And then we're also going to be taking a look at the current Democratic presidential candidates. Oh, Hollywood, how wonderful they are. Does anybody really care? Do you really care what stars tell you what you need to believe or tell you how you should act? To me, it's just a complete hypocrisy. Leonardo DiCaprio wants to lecture me on the environment, but he's going to jet around in his private plane with his motorcade and his five houses. I just, you know, what can you say? It's just hypocrisy at its finest. I mean, does anybody even really care anymore? If you look at these award shows... Currently, most of them have some of the lowest ratings they've ever had before because people are simply tuning out. We don't need the elitist of Hollywood trying to tell us what to do or how to live our life or how we should vote. I think it's funny that, you know, at the Academy Awards, uh, Joaquin Phoenix went into a big thing about taking a baby calf from its mother, but he would gladly let somebody abort their baby on the table. Can anybody else see the hypocrisy in that? Cows, babies, apparently it doesn't matter to Hollywood. Um, In fact, one of the past award shows had someone uh, praising the fact that they aborted their baby, which allowed them to have their career. So apparently, if you're very, very woke like most of Hollywood is, murdering babies is the thing to do and it's okay. But don't touch that baby cow or don't eat beef because that's just wrong. You know, and I like how, you know, the Academy Awards were, what, 30 seconds, a minute into it, and Brad Pitt's already lecturing us about President Trump. You know, unfortunately, Brad Pitt does not understand the Constitution of the United States, or Brad Pitt would certainly know that it's the Senate's job to hold the trial, not to call witnesses. But it makes a nice soundbite. He sounds very woke. He won't be part of the cancel culture. And that's what seems to be happening in Hollywood. Anybody who speaks up is a Republican or speaks up about abortion. Suddenly they're part of the cancel culture. Suddenly they're no longer relevant or they can no longer get parts or they cannot, you know, be a part of Hollywood as it is. It's simply that Trump derangement syndrome and it's running so rampant right now in Hollywood and with stars. I mean, I've never really needed an actor for anything. I've needed a doctor, I've needed a physician, I've needed a mechanic, but I've never needed a star for anything other than to entertain me. I think these people forget that they get paid to entertain. They don't get paid to lecture me, they don't get paid to tell me what I should and shouldn't do. Especially those that are claiming that everybody needs to be disarmed. But yet, all their security carries weapons. They live behind gated communities. Once again, there's a tad bit more of hypocrisy in that as well. And, you know, I don't know about currently. I don't know if any of you have been to the movies recently. I mean, I sure haven't been because there's just really no need. The woke culture has become so great in the movies now that we have to go to a movie to be told uh, what we're supposed to be doing in life. We're supposed to understand women empowerment. We're supposed to be lectured to. There has to be a trans character. 
There has to be a lesbian love affair. There has to be something in the movie, whether it needs to be a part of the movie or not. You know, if we look at the current remakes of most movies, they're bombing horribly. And why is that? It's simply because they have to put this message in that lectures us. So me, as a middle American white guy in my 50s, I don't go to the movies anymore because all I do is get lectured at and told what a misogynist I am and how I've kept everybody down their entire life. So that's not the message I want, and that's kind of why I don't go to movies anymore. I don't know why the Star Wars re reboot had decided to make Lando Calrissian a transsexual or a pansexual or whatever sexual it was. I don't know what that had to do with the storyline at all, but oh my gosh, we're so woke that, oh, we need to pander to every little bit of audience. Instead, these movies forget the core people who supported the movies. You know, Star Wars, I saw the first one in 1977 when I was nine years old. I was so enthralled and fascinated by being transported to another galaxy. But now we have to throw our themes and our wokeness into everything. And as we can see, Disney has had a lot of problems with the Star Wars reboots. You know, the only thing they got going for them right now is Baby Yoda. And apparently a lot of people watch that show just for Baby Yoda. I have not seen it yet. I've heard it's good, but I've not seen it yet. Also taking a look at Hollywood with the Me Too movement. It seems that Hollywood is only into the Me Too movement when it benefits them politically or it benefits their career. You know, we saw how everybody buddied up to Harvey Weinstein. I mean, he was one of the biggest Democratic fundraisers uh, in, the, in the country at the time. We see everybody buddy, buddying up with him, the Clintons, anybody who was anybody. And then suddenly we find out all this information about him and it's like, oh my gosh, how could we have done that? But any type of Republican has anything, and it's, oh, me too, me too, me too. You know, look at the Supreme Court nominee. What he had to go through because of this Me Too movement. Once again, it's just complete hypocrisy. If we look at the left again, you know, Don Lemon from CNN is uh, currently undergoing a lawsuit because he sexually pretty much assaulted a gentleman at a club in uh, the Hamptons. Put his hand down his pants, put it in a guy's face. Tried to do a six-figure settlement with the gentleman, but the gentleman decided to pursue charges. So, do you hear about that on the news? Do you hear the Me Too movement in Hollywood screaming about this? No, all you see are pictures of Hollywood stars with Don Lemon because he's the hero of CNN. You know, the Me Too movement was started for a purpose. People who are sexually harassed or sexually assaulted need protection. People need to stand up for them. But the Me Too movement has become one of convenience. They've completely devalued what the movement was meant for, what the movement started for. It's been politicized. And that's what so happens in our country quite a bit, it seems. We have these good intentions, and suddenly they get polarized, politicized, segmented, you know, taken away completely from what they were first founded for. Their main purpose, their central core message has been 
whitewashed. It's been diluted because it's been politicized. Either it's wrong all the time or it's not wrong at all. It can't be wrong for the Republicans and be right for the Democrats. I mean, I'm certainly tired of this, and I don't know about you, my listening audience, but I think most voters are. Most people are tired of it's okay for the goose, but not for the gander. I hate that old saying, but it really makes sense. Either it's wrong is wrong and right is right. Just because you're a liberal doesn't mean it's right for you and it's wrong for me because I'm a Republican. If it's wrong, it's wrong. If it's right, it's right. And that's what's happening in our country today is we can't draw that distinction, that line. Everybody's line is blurry. Is the line that you draw, is it a solid line? Do you waver on that line between right and wrong? Do you labor on that line? Maybe if you're around different people, that line becomes a little blurry or that line becomes a little scratched off or the line moves forward or back. For me, it's right or wrong. I'm not going to change my line based on who you are because these are my core beliefs. I'm not going to politicize my beliefs because they're my beliefs and I hold them dear to me. And apparently everything's for sale, as we can see in Hollywood, as well as your beliefs. All right, let's switch gears here and take a look at this great field of Democratic presidential contenders. You've got Pete Buttig, you've got Amy Klobuchar, you got Warren, you got Biden, Bernie Sanders, Bloomberg, and... I don't know, some billionaire from California, Tom Steyer. What a mess. You know, it starts all the way back with the Iowa caucuses. You know, they brought in all this new equipment for the Iowa caucuses. They had four years to prepare. Tom Perez, the chair of the DNC, said how everything was going to go great. And what happened? They couldn't tabulate the results. The equipment failed. I don't know if most people know, but the Department of Homeland Security offered to debug their system to run the software to see if everything was working okay, and the DNC said, no, we didn't want you to do that. Why would we want you to do that? So they didn't do that. And what happened? It failed. Votes for Sanders got counted for Budig. Votes for other people didn't get tabulated correctly. So it took what, four or five days finally for the results of the Iowa caucuses when it used to appear instantly? I think third world countries can count ballots quicker than we can. And it's amazing that the DNC comes in and they blame the people for the Iowa caucuses when they had been in charge for, I think they, they, they stepped in the second day after the fiasco and were running it, but yet they continue to blame the people who ran the Iowa caucuses. It's just amazing, again, how this party had four years to get organized. But they were so wrapped up in Trump, 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 that they lost sight of what they needed to do, capture the election. They got wrapped up in the impeachment, the Mueller probe, Russiagate, all these things that took their eye off what they needed to do as a party. You look at New Hampshire. New Hampshire went all right. I think that was about the only one where there weren't too many problems. You know, Bernie Sanders won there, which most everybody thought he would. You know, we go to Nevada, where Biden thought that he could do well. He skipped New Hampshire because he was going to win in Nevada. And once again, Bernie Sanders wins. But the thing with Bernie is 
You know, he's only having 10% of young people show up at these caucuses. I don't know how that's going to translate into votes if he's the actual candidate for the Democratic presidential nomination. I don't know if he's going to be able to get the votes he needs. I mean, he certainly won't get quite a few Americans' votes because Americans don't believe in a socialist system. Uh, America doesn't... It just doesn't work here. You can look at all the failures in life. You know, I mean, Bernie Sanders has been in office for 25 years. And he has really passed no legislation to speak of that has helped America. You know, you see Bernie in, his, in the 70s in Russia, palling up with everybody in Russia, supporting Venezuela, supporting Cuba. I don't know about you, but I like to go to the grocery store and find food. I like to not have to wait in line to get a Band-Aid. I like to be able to get medical care right away. I like to be able to afford a car and to afford gas. And these are the things that they're willing to give up. And why does he have so much support? Because he says everything's free. You know, if you know any millennials, people in their 20s, please let them know that nothing is free. My dad taught me that lesson early on. We are the ones who are going to be paying for this. The taxpayers are going to pay for it. I mean, Bernie's Medicare for All has a $25 trillion shortfall. Even if you reallocate all the money that he says is reallocatable, you're still short $25 trillion. That's pretty scary to me. Where's that money going to come from? It's going to come from the middle class. That's who's going to get taxed. You know, Bernie's out there whipping the whip, bashing on Wall Street. But yet Bernie has, what, three homes? Bernie's a millionaire. Bernie travels on a private jet. Bernie does everything he tells us not to do. You know, Bernie's wife is still embroiled in the controversy where she misappropriated $10 million for a college on a sale. We don't hear anything about that. You know, why don't people ask these questions at these debates? Why wouldn't somebody ask Bernie Sanders, what have you done in 25 years? Name me one thing. You know what you'd hear? Crickets chirping because he's done nothing. You know, he promised to release his medical records after he had his heart attack in October. Now he's decided he doesn't want to do that. So do you really want to vote somebody in who's going to be, what, 78? They're going to be 80-something by the time their term's done, who just had a heart attack? I don't think so. But, but what are your choices? Well, let's look at the big new rising star, Pete Budig. Wow, Pete, Pete, the mayor of South Bend, Indiana. The only thing about South Bend is Notre Dame. That's the only claim to fame. You know, there's less than 150,000 people. During Pete's term as mayor, these are all from Indiana state statistics, so this is from the state of Indiana, violent crime spiked to a 20-year high under his mayorship. So violent crime spiked to a 20-year high. Wow, great job on that, Pete. Uh, violent crime is 173% higher than the national average. You heard me right. I said 173% higher. Property crime is also 96% higher than the national average under Pete's term as mayor. How is Pete the darling of the Democratic Party? Because he has a husband? Is that why he's a darling? It certainly can't be for his leadership, or I'll bet lack of leadership. Unemployment is 46 times higher than the national average in South Bend. 
the poverty rate is 77% higher than the national average. So Peaches can't win at all. We've got high crime, we've got poverty, we've got unemployment. And then what does he do? He's fired his black police chief because he was under investigation by the FBI. The charges got dismissed, but Pete fired him anyway, and Pete hired a white police chief. Pete does not have a good record with the African-American community in South Bend. In fact, I haven't heard anybody say anything good about him. I think he has zero support, is what I read. Zero support from the African-American community. Once again, you know, what, what has Pete done? Pete's done nothing. Pete can't even manage a town. Domino's Pizza gave South Bend, Indiana $5,000 to fix potholes because they didn't have enough money. But yet the block in front of Pete's home got redone, got repaved, so there weren't any potholes. Even though it wasn't on the master plan, Pete was able to divert money, so his drive could be redone. I don't know if that's the kind of leadership you want in Washington, but that's certainly not the leadership I want. I don't want crime spiking. I don't want poverty rising. I don't want poor conditions for African Americans. I mean, this country is in an all-time high now. Lowest unemployment ever for for black Americans, and, and most minorities included. I don't see a need for a change. I don't know why Pete's the darling. I don't know why people don't ask Pete these kind of questions when they interview him. Everything's a softball for these guys. Now let's look at Amy Klobuchar, the senator from Minnesota. Now I don't know if you guys know, you know, Amy's the one who emails her, emails and texts her staff uh, between 1 and 4 a.m. in the morning. She berates her staff. She demeans them. She lashes out at them in emails, makes all sorts of comments in her emails, and then she sends these emails out to other people who aren't even involved in the conversation so they could see how she demeaned the person. Um, she's made her staff wash her dishes at her house. She's made her staff pick up her laundry, which is a violation of Senate rules. Here's, here's the big thing about Amy that nobody asks. Amy Klobuchar has a 36% staff turnover rate, and that's from the congressional record. So she has a 36% staff turnover rate. It's the highest annual rate of any senator. So I think this speaks volumes to Amy Klobuchar's character. Why doesn't anybody ask her about that? Nobody does. Softball questions. Now let's look at poor Joe Biden. I mean, Joe Biden is just a walking ad for the Republican Party. I don't know how many people he's called as liars and lying pants or whatever he called that the one person at uh, something in New Hampshire. Um, he challenged an 80-year-old man to a push-up contest in Iowa and called him a liar when he questioned him about his son. Um, now Joe Biden's claiming that his son, his son who passed away, Bo, was the Attorney General of the United States. He's claiming that. Um, Biden is also resurrecting a story from uh, the 1970s saying he got arrested in South Africa when he was trying to meet Nelson Mandela. None of this has been proven true. None of this is shown to have been true. Once again, he's just pandering for the African-American vote. But nobody calls Joe on this. Once again, softball. Michael Bloomberg, I don't even know what to tell you about him. The guy spent $400 million and he still can't buy a debate. You know, this man has stop and frisk. He's got 65 non-disclosure agreements with employees about his behavior towards them. I, I heard now he's going to release three of those NDAs. I'm sure he's paid those people handsomely. 
to not say anything bad about him. And we also know that Bloomberg Publishing, uh, when he decided to run, came out with a big memo saying that they would not do any stories on him. They would not do any investigating. They would not do any investigative stories on any of the Democratic candidates, only President Trump. And these were publicized. So that about tells you all you need to know about Michael Bloomberg. He's got $60 billion and he wants to buy the White House. I don't know what for. But you saw his response and how he acted at the debates. And then I don't even know why Tom Steyer is still in the race. Tom Steyer spent about $400 million of his own money, and he's polling at 0.4%. The guy just needs to drop out. So these are your candidates. If you're a Democrat, good luck to you in the next election. I just don't see how it's going to work for you. And once again, I'd like to thank you guys for tuning in to Joe's Common Sense. I'm now going to be available uh, on all formats. Spotify, Apple, all the places you can find a podcast, I'll be on there. As always, go to my Facebook page, Joe's Common Sense. I'd love your feedback, comments, questions, concerns, any topics you'd like me to cover. And with that, have a good week.